Welcome to Kahl on Air, podcast of the German machine manufacturer Amandus Kahl. Due to our comprehensive know-how regarding the processing and pelleting of various products, we would like to give you an insight into our technical innovations all over the world. We discuss trends and developments on the worldwide pelleting market. Let's get started and listen to what our experts have to tell us. Pellet quality is an important issue in the production of animal feed. Good pellet quality leads to less feed loss and a better feed conversion rate. Therefore, various measures have been introduced over time to improve pellet quality. And this is where the expander plays a leading role in improving pellet quality today. In this podcast episode, we want to talk about the influence of the expander on pellet quality. And my colleague, Dennis Werner, and I would like to welcome you to this. My name is Olaf Nerik, and I am responsible for the Asia-Pacific business at Amandus Karl. And now I'm looking forward to talking to Dennis. Hello. Also, a very warm welcome to our loyal and first-time listeners. I'm excited about our today's topic, pellet quality within the use of the expander technology. For our new listeners, my name is Dennis Werner, and I'm a sales director with Amandus Karl. Olaf, I think you're absolutely right. Pellet quality is an evergreen and important topic to the industry, but the extremely positive impact on it when using an expander might be even more exciting to everybody and fairly new to somebody. Dennis, that's right. The pellet quality was a very important purchase criterion right from the start, precisely because the expander achieves very good results. But Dennis, to start, what actually is pellet quality? Well, pellet quality is, is mainly evaluated by three main figures. The hardness, which simply means how hard is a pellet, could be easily measured by a Karl hardness tester. And we also have the mechanical resistance, uh, which is called the so-called PDI, pellet durability index. And we have also the bulk density. And these three together are the main factors uh, analyzing or measuring the pellet quality. Okay, Dennis, these sizes for determining pellet quality are very well known. But why is pellet quality important? Well, Olaf, generally speaking, quality always matters. And for commercial feed producers that sell the feed into the market, quality is where they can outrange the competition. But even for feed producers with integrated production, it is a highly important thing because the bulk density reduces handling and service costs and a higher pellet durability index leads to less fines during transport to the farms and avoids contamination because the fines are the ones that get contaminated in the first place. But also avoid a disintegration of the components which avoids a sele selective eating of animals later on. Summarizing, a higher PDI will increase feed conversion. Ah, I had an interesting conversation with our animal nutritionist Felix Tometten a few days ago, and he confirmed these points. And, for example, in the Netherlands, we also see another advantage in the production of cattle feed pellets. In the past, for the multitude of recipes they used to knead many dyes without the expander, and today, They need only one or two dyes when they use the expander prior the pellet mill. That makes everything much easier for them. 
But what is this actually like in Brazil today, your market, one of your main markets? What advantage in pallet quality is in the current focus there? Expandable sales to Brazil are very high, and I can imagine that there are that many people are interested in these facts. Yes, it's right. The pallet quality is always what matters, and this is the same in Brazil. But in Brazil, we are faced with some special situations that we have a lot of corn in the recipes. And this corn sometimes is dried on, on the field, and very few time of the years uh, is dried on, on corn dryers itself or cereal dryers. So this affects that the pellet quality itself is much uh, harder to, to achieve compared to a wheat-based recipe, which is more common in Europe. And the expander, besides of many other in fact, benefits, increases the binding forces by the gelatinization, so it's much easier to shape a pellet. Well, that's good to hear, because also in my markets in Southeast Asia, the recipes are corn, soybean meal based. So I think the people um, benefit from the same advantages as in Brazil. And I think what we can see today with the numbers of expanders sold um, to Southeast Asia, this confirms what you just say. But Dennis, um, let's move on to the production of pellets. How can you influence the pellet quality? Well, there, there are many ways to influence pellet quality. Of course, the recipe always plays a key role, but sometimes you just have to live with a given recipe and the machinery has to face and handle the given reality. So from the technical perspective, the grinding and the conditioning plays the main role. So we all know that the best conditioning system in the market is the expander. His strengths can even compensate weaknesses in grinding or pelleting presses. Yeah, um, okay, so I think the, pro the processes are well known to our listeners. Um, it is possible to grind finer, to condition longer, or introduce more energy via a longer pressway path or pressway length, yeah, or even double pelleting. So, Dennis, what does the expander to do differently here? Well, first of all, the, the expander works like uh, all these other conditioners and uses steam and a certain retention time. But the, the big difference is that it adds on pressure and mechanical stress, so which allows the machine to target a much higher starch modification. So the product that comes out of the expander is more sticky and therefore easier to pelletize. But also the kneading effects implements liquids and components of different sizes better to be integrated into the feed matrix and not harming the palleting process afterwards. Okay, good. Now, I had a, a talk recently on, on, on kneading tools in the expander. I think here we have the paddles, we have the stop balls in the expander, which make a very good job here to, yeah, to provide this work in the expander. So, and now after the expander, the feed goes straight to the pallet mill, Dennis? Yeah, in most cases, some cases, uh, people just go to produce an expandate, not having a pellet mill, but most commonly they use a pellet mill after the expander. But the pellet mill, therefore, is only shaping and not doing the real job anymore. So if you, if you would like to put it in a way to digital speaking, the pellet mill becomes the slave of the expander master. Yeah, that's an interesting view here. <laughs> so, what, what, so this means now the, the feed from the expander 
goes through the structurizer of the expander, is a little bit uh, yeah, reduced in size, and then it goes straight into the, uh, into the pellet mill and then will be shaped into, into the hard pellets afterward. Um, but are there a few adjustments required, necessary, in the pellet mill? Yes, there are, there are certain adjustments, but very few. Because the material itself is it's much more sticky, so just easier to pelletize, that requires that you have to reduce the press way of the pellet mill afterwards. Otherwise, the material will just stick into the pellet press channel. So that means you don't have to pelletize with pure violence anymore, and you just have a much more smoother process. And this is uh, this requires a lower press weight, which is a positive, in fact. So the the press weight length is, um, I think, sixty to seventy percent of what we know from the from the normal press weights when we pelletize um, without expander. And um, this shortened press weight now also enables a significant lower energy input, as you have mentioned, into the pellet mill and an increased output of the pellet mill. Yes, that is the nice effect. A lower pressway lowers also the energy consumption or vice versa could increase the line's capacity in tons per hour. So very common is a, is a range of 20 to 30% of improvement. And we have also seen in duck feed even more than 100% increase could have been witnessed. Yeah, this for the duck feed especially. I know this is from from Southeast Asia, and the people that we use the expander, they they are very satisfied with this performance increase. So, and then is how high are the energy inputs to give a you know, assessment for orientation here for the listeners? Of course, there, there are variation into the energy consumption, but if you want to have some ballpark figures based on our experiences. Usually for monogastrics like broilers, we have like between 6 to 12 kW per ton. But as I said, depending on the market and the recipes. In the American markets like US, Canada and also Latin America, most common is a 8 to 10 kW per ton for pigs or broilers. But the energy consumption is only shifted upstream to the expander, which means the energy required there will be saved on the pelleting afterwards. So people sometimes call it an energy-neutral improvement. So I think here there's an important side effect of this uh, energy shifting. So the pellet mill requires a lower energy consumption with the expander to shape the pellet. And this also leads to significantly longer service lives for dyes and rollers and other spare and wear parts in the pellet mill. Um, Dennis, how does the expander work in practice? Is it actually complicated? No, not at all. I'm always impressed how fast people get used to run the expander, even by hesitating initially, as typically people do with new things. But in the practical use, we do not see much hurdles. The integration is easy, our modern control system ensures the operation of the whole line, and directs all the other individual machines together like a symphony orchestra. Oh, well explained. And in the end, uh, the significantly improved results in pellet quality and pellet mill performance speak for themselves and, of course, for the operator of the equipment. Yes, but I'd like to point out another point that many existing customers are placing consequential orders for more machines to be installed in the feed mills, which stands for itself. I think there's no more proof for a machine than those that customer hurry to buy within short time after its first installation. So one of the top 10 global leaders in feed production just ordered 17 machines after having the already eight in 
operation recently. Well, Dennis, that's for sure a very impressive number here. Um, but the number of new customers worldwide is also very good right now. And we are also getting a lot of inquiries for expanders for integration into existing pallet press lines at the moment. Well, yes, that's not a surprise to me. By the given results and by the increasing number of customers that had started to also become member of the expander operating customers. So many companies of the industry just following the global leaders, what they are doing, and if they're going with the expander technology, it's always a matter of time why the others just follow the positive road they are started to go. Yeah, well, Dennis, that sums it up very well. Uh, thank you very much. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. I hope we were able to give you a good insight into the advantages of the expander in the production of high-quality pellet. And we look forward to seeing you again next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. This was an episode of Call on Air. For more information about our technical knowledge, please visit us on our website, acal.com, YouTube, or on LinkedIn.